This is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I'm coming to you today from a recording studio in frigid Sofia, Bulgaria, in the middle of the winter time. And that's why I'm wearing a jacket. I have this, this creepy lighting that makes me look like a little bit of a 007 villain from an old movie. But as you can hear, the audio quality much improved from my normal audio quality, right? This video, I'm going to be covering the social anxiety protocol for biohacking confidence. Since this is an open source protocol, it's going to change and improve over time. I encourage you to check out the corresponding article and comments on LimitlessMindset.com linked below this video, which I will be updating. I'll put out an update to this video in a year or two. So what's the problem here? Well, you already know the solution to social anxiety, exposure therapy, right? You've no doubt heard that to overcome social anxiety, you should just approach that pretty girl sitting alone in the cafe, ask some strangers in the cafeteria if you can sit with them, go to Toastmasters, find a wingman on the internet and talk to girls together at a nightclub, take improv classes, introduce yourself to some strangers at a party. Just be confident. Put yourself out there and be yourself. And this kind of advice on some level infuriates you because you've already tried that and you've taken the, the mainstream self-help advice about social anxiety, you've gone out there and tried to apply it and maybe you failed miserably and it drove you into a really unpleasant place of self-loathing. And the problem is that not all self-help advice is applicable for all people. You hear things like, just be yourself, just be confident, repeated ad nauseum. Everyone seems to believe it, so it must be true, right? Well, the truth is, for you, it probably isn't. These self-help platitudes would have you believe that your social anxiety is just a problem in your head that you can some way think your way out of by just staying positive, right? The truth is that social anxiety is a real thing. You've probably heard before that alcoholics are not just lazy people who like to drink a lot. Well, maybe some are, but the majority of alcoholics are people that have a combination of environmental factors and genetics that have led to this illness that's incredibly self-destructive for them. Social anxiety is a similar, yet not as visibly destructive illness. And unless you address the underlying neurobiological imbalance, you can be almost certain that things won't change. And this is why you're stuck. This is why you can't think your way out of your social anxiety. So like the alcoholic, these are kind of some cards that you're just dealt in life, yet 
you are responsible for your own life, you're responsible for your own behavior, and you're responsible for your decisions. The good news is that you can biohack your social anxiety with a combination of herbal adaptogens, brain training technology, and social smart drugs. It's going to be a whole lot faster and more direct solution than doing a bunch of talk therapy or just doing really painful excruciating exposure therapy exercises alone. A disclaimer, this is only going to cure 50 to 75% of your social anxiety. What you'll have to do is combine the biohacking with some, some reasonable exposure therapy exercises that I'm going to talk about in depth later on in this. And if you're willing to do those things together, if you're willing to commit to about a 10-week process of doing those things together, you'll find it transformative and for practical purposes, it will cure your social anxiety. I've mentioned willpower a couple of times now, and it really is a key ingredient to overcoming this. Now, when you think about people that are natural extroverts, usually they seem like they're kind of like playful, carefree type people, right? They just make it look effortless. But for you to get the same results, you're going to need to be very focused, regimented, and disciplined. So a proportion of people watching this may at this point be thinking, I don't have problem making friends, meeting people. My social anxiety is all around speaking publicly or doing presentations at work. Well, good for you. You know, you suffer from more so episodic than chronic social anxiety. You can expect the same thing from this protocol, a reduction of 50 to 75% of your nervousness. And over time, you'll get out of your comfort zone more and you'll establish more positive reference experiences, speaking, presenting publicly, and for practical purposes, you'll be able to, to cure your social anxiety also. A primer. A friend of mine who is a very successful internet marketer recommended that I take this biohacking protocol and turn it into a product, like a membership-based product that would be like $79 or $89 a month. And he recommended that I market it exclusively to the pickup artist industry and do like a big hypey launch with affiliates. I thought hard about this and I ultimately decided against that approach. I'll explain why later. However, perhaps my friend or some other person watching this, some other opportunistic person, will want to take this information and create just such a product. Be my guest because I'm going to explain here everything that you need to do to biohack social anxiety. Okay, let's talk about what you really want to hear about, which is the drugs. 
specifically the social smart drugs. Probably my favorite one is Phenibut. Phenibut has all of the benefits of alcohol with little to none of its significant downsides. Advantages. After you take it on an empty or full stomach, about 25 minutes later, you'll start to feel more playful, talkative, and unfiltered. It's an effect that's really quite similar to alcohol. A lot of times the people around you will actually assume that you've been drinking. Phenibute also deepens sleep. It's not really a sleep drug that knocks you out and puts you to sleep, but sleep on Phenibute is awesome. You'll awake feeling very rested. A nice side effect is that it makes music a whole lot more enjoyable actually. Disadvantages of Phenibute. I'm gonna add a big asterisk on social smart drug because I don't actually think it makes you smart. It's a gobbergic drug and an intoxicant. While you're on Phenibute, <laughs> the drunk you will kind of start to come out of you. You'll forget people's names, you'll trip upstairs, you definitely shouldn't be driving, and you will maybe even go for some late night junk food. At high Phenibut dosages, you will oversleep and awake with a little bit of a light hangover. At lower doses, this isn't so much of a problem. You don't want to combine alcohol with Phenibut because it does potentiate the alcohol. It's gonna result in you getting really drunk and making out with a tree or something. Dosage. 500 to 1500 milligrams will put you in a social mood for three to five hours. Check out my Phenibut dosage guide. Phenibut is not a daily social smart drug. In fact, you're not going to want to use it more than three times weekly. It's somewhat addictive and has a fairly steep tolerance curve. Googling it, you'll find plenty of anecdotal reports of idiots out there on the internet that took it in ridiculous dosages and developed addictions. If you have a history of drug or alcohol abuse, it's probably a good idea for you to pass on Phenibut. If not, it can be an excellent tool for making you social. Suggested use. It comes as a white powder. Just take a little spoonful of it below your tongue or you can add it to a drink. It has a nice tangy taste actually. For my recommended source of Phenibut, see the video card or the description below the video. A recent personal anecdote that kind of explains how biohacking social anxiety really works. I had recently arrived in a brand new city, brand new country where I had no friends and I didn't know 
anybody, and despite being in kind of an antisocial mood, I knew that I had to get out of the house, so I found a Latin event through the Facebook events near you tab, and I watched some, mo some movies, some videos on YouTube that kind of got me into a good mood. I put on my nice clothes, did about 750 milligrams of Fenibut, and headed out to the Latin event. It started with a bachata dance lesson, which entailed some obligatory interaction with the ten or so other students in class along with the instructor. I kind of began like bantering and chatting with the other students and the instructor and got into a little bit better mood and then the lesson ended and the Latin club night commenced and this, the club was still pretty sparsely populated, but a couple of the other students from the class stuck around. So I approached the instructor, asked him some questions that honestly I heard he knew the answer to the answers to about the city. I asked him a little bit about the other events like this that went on. And then I chatted with some of the other students that had stuck around, basically just kind of having like the generic I'm new in town conversation. Then two new girls open, entered the club and I cold approached them just asking for gum actually, which always seems to be a, a reasonable demand to make of complete strangers. I ended up dancing with the the cuter of the two girls for a couple of songs. Then she went to the bathroom. Then I chatted with a quite chubby girl sitting by the bar for a little while. Then I saw this uh, fairly well-dressed guy lounging by the bar. I said, hey, you look like you speak English, which he did, and he turned out to be the club owner. So I asked him a little bit about the club and the city, asking some questions that I already knew the answers to. And I just kind of circulated around the club having like light, rather, rather short interactions with the different people in there, and I ended up dancing with, talking with, and adding on Facebook the, the prettiest girl in the club. God, she was, she was really a knockout. And I was having really actually a pretty great time for essentially being out alone without friends or a wingman. So then I decided to check out another club that was about 10 minutes away. So I walked to the other club. I was friendly with the doorman, friendly with the, uh, the person that takes your money at the door. And I said to myself upon entering, it was more of like a mainstream club, a little bit more hyphy, like people jumping around you, you know, the kind of place. I said, I'm gonna do a cold approach before I go to the bar and order anything. So I cold approached a skinny girl who's kind of standing alone, which she did not appreciate. She verbally berated me a little bit, said something about her boyfriend. So having done my one cold approach, I went to the bar. The bartender gave me this look like I was just from another planet when I asked if they had non-alcoholic beer. They didn't have it. So I went with a water instead, and then I proceeded to get kind of rude, cold-shouldered responses from 
all the other girls and groups of people that I tried to talk to, and about 45 minutes later, my mood had soured. I was like, fuck this, and I left the second club. So what are the takeaways from the night? Well, the fan of you definitely helped my my social mood, I really did have a fun time at the first club, and that was partially due to the Fenibute. However, I followed a process of warming up socially, building a little bit of a social foundation, and then in the second club, I failed to follow a process to maintain that social mood and momentum. Paracetam is the verbal intelligence molecule. It improves your vocabulary and access to long-term memory. Advantages. It's a cognitive enhancer and it works by boosting your neurotransmitters and increasing blood flow to the brain. So it's a stimulant but of a very different class than say caffeine or amphetamines. One of the more noticeable effects of cognitive enhancement is verbal fluency. You're going to become a little bit more dangerous with your words and you'll find yourself talking your way into and out of more trouble than you do normally. Anecdotally, you'll find a lot of reports of paracetam's positive effect on social anxiety. It's commonly reported that while on paracetam, I don't have to reach for my words, they just flow. I don't end up running out of things to say. My vocabulary improves and I'm less afraid to speak in social settings or in front of people. It's also an anti-anxiety agent from a 2010 abstract of a paper on paracetam. It was also effective in the treatment of cognitive disorders of cerebrovascular and traumatic origins. However, its overall effect on lowering depression and anxiety was higher than improving memory. Disadvantages are that its taste is pretty unpleasant, you need to take it in larger quantities, and it's a pretty bad idea to drink alcohol while on it. Dosage range is one to four grams. Suggested use. This is one you can use every day. It has little to no tolerance curve. Its half-life is about four hours, so you'll want to dose twice a day, usually in the morning and in the afternoon. I typically dump a couple of grams of it in a glass of water and just skull it. It has a cumulative effect after about two weeks of dosing, so you want to take it regularly as opposed to just when you have a socially demanding situation. My recommended pharmaceutical grade sources of paracetam will be linked on the video and below. Aniracetam is chemistry's gift to the anxious and nervous. It's an anxiolytic, meaning that it replaces the physiological and psychological experience of anxiety with a sense of calm, clarity, and well-being. It's not a sedative, so unlike many other cures for anxiety, it doesn't bring you down. A 2001 Japanese study demonstrated it as highly effective in treating anxiety. From its abstract, 
These results indicate that aniracetam possesses a wide range of anxiolytic properties which may be mediated by interaction between cholinergic, dopaminergic, and serotonergic systems. Thus, our findings suggest the potential usefulness of aniracetam against various types of anxiety-related disorders and social failure slash impairments. Since it's not a supplement, you can take it to supplement your after dark social life and it's not going to mess with your sleep. Disadvantages. Aniracetam really is unpleasant to consume in powdered form. I dump it in a glass of water, stir it up, and it's still really clumpy. The clumps, for some reason, I choke on like half the time going down and it's not a great idea to combine it with alcohol. Recommended dosage is 750 to 1500 milligrams. Suggested use is to take it 30 to 45 minutes before an event that's going to be social anxiety stimulating for you. I mentioned how annoying it is to consume aniracetam powder, and there's a bit of a life hack for this. Drop a dissolving vitamin C tablet in it, and the aniracetam will dissolve also. My recommended pharmaceutical grade sources of aniracetam are linked. Oxyracetam is the discipline molecule. So you might be thinking right now, God, I suck at discipline. Or Perhaps you're thinking, I am very disciplined in certain areas of my life, but my discipline seems to wane at the end of a long day of work or study or whatever when I actually want to get social. Or perhaps you've never thought of discipline as being a really important part of social life and overcoming your social anxiety. When you think about the extroverted naturals that you know, they, they don't quite seem really disciplined, do they? They may actually seem like the opposite of that. However, for you to have the fun, fulfilling social life that you desire, you are actually going to need to be very disciplined. And the good news is that oxyracetam is going to give you that discipline. It's not a very hardcore smart drug. For about four hours after dosing, you will be slightly more focused and its effect wears off without a crash. However, for about six to seven hours after dosing, you'll find yourself being very disciplined. When I'm on oxyracetam, I don't check Facebook when I should be working. I don't look down at my phone every time I get notifications. I don't aimlessly hop from browser to browser tab. I don't let my mind linger uselessly on the drama in my personal life. I don't read dumb blog posts when I should be reading Anne Ryan's books on my Kindle. I don't make up excuses to not make important phone calls. I don't skip my push-ups in the morning. I don't order that yummy sandwich or artisanal pizza, I have the steak salad. I just do the right thing. This smart drug is one potent self-control life hack. 
Disadvantages are that its taste is not great. Recommended dosage is 800 milligrams for healthy adults if you're taking it alone. Suggested use. It's a pretty subtle effect with little to no tolerance curve, so you could potentially use it every day. But you'll probably want to take a day or two off a week to just relax and not quite be so disciplined. My recommended pharmaceutical grade source is linked. Kratom is the secret weapon of many good-looking winners and, and bad-looking winners like myself. You know, we had to apply quite a few Adobe Premiere filters to this video to make me look as aesthetically presentable as I appear to you now. Advantages. The sedative red and green strains of Kratom are anecdotally reported frequently to be amazing for social anxiety and mood. The stimulating white strains are used by many to self-medicate for depression. Some even call Kratom a cure for approach anxiety. Disadvantages. It's an intoxicant, it's addictive, and it's uh, technically actually the opposite of a smart drug. It impairs cognition. From a 2014 paper, altogether, these findings provide evidence for an addiction potential with cognitive impairments for mitragynine, which suggests its classification as a harmful drug. Similar to Phenibut, if you have had a history of drug or alcohol abuse, you should probably pass on Kratom. If not, it can be a quite good tool to give you a little bit of motivation to uh, remove your social filter. Personally, I use Kratom for multiple days a week for at least six months, and upon running out of Kratom in a country where it was nowhere for sale, nowhere to be found, I experienced significantly less withdrawal symptoms than I experienced from quitting caffeine, from, from going off coffee. Recommended dosage is 275 milligrams per drink. Use Kratom episodically to avoid its steep tolerance curve. You want to burn it 30 to 40 minutes before a socially demanding event, and you do want to limit your usage to about three to four times a week. When added to boiling water, it makes for a really nice, like earthy tasting kind of hearty tea, actually. My recommended source of high quality kratom is linked. The adaptogens are a category of herbs that have been used since time immemorial in Russian and Chinese traditional medicine to assuage stress. The three with the strongest science supporting their nootropic performance enhancing effects are rhodiola, schisandra, and eleuthero. Advantages. Workaholics and studyaholics alike chronically work their nervous systems into states of perpetual stress. The adaptogens restore 
elasticity to your nervous system and allow you to actually relax. A 2008 California pilot study demonstrated that 340 milligrams daily of rhodiola had a significant effect in 10 human participants dealing with generalized social anxiety disorder. Schisandra in particular helps to maintain liver function, which is a bit of a concern to biohackers like me and you that are consuming a bunch of novel molecules like the racetams mentioned earlier. Disadvantages. Powdered adaptogens can be a little messy. Some find them overly stimulating, so you may want to cut back on the coffee while you're using the adaptogens. Recommended dosages are 200 milligrams of rhodiola, 300 milligrams of eleuthero, and 200 milligrams of schisandra. Suggested use is to take them on an empty stomach about 30 minutes before a meal, either first thing in the mornings or in the mid-afternoon, and you're not really going to want to use them too close to bedtime as they may mess with your sleep. The three herbs together actually make for a really nice tea when you put them into boiling water. The schisandra in particular is probably the best tasting nootropic out of 70 plus different smart drugs and nootropic supplements that I've tried. So I really do hope you try it out because it, it really is pleasant tasting. My recommended high quality sources of these herbs is going to be linked. L-theanine, the active nootropic ingredient in Green tea has a subtle tranquilizing effect that can calm social anxiety. Advantages. To quote a 2011 study, normal healthy volunteers with high anxiety and with minimal anxiety propensity were employed in the study. 200 milligrams of L-theanine intake was found effective for healthy people with high anxiety propensity. It's a creativity-promoting agent. Myself and other voracious consumers of green tea agree that it results in a not overly energetic state of mind where creative ideas and thoughts and words flow with grace and style. L-theanine has been proven to stimulate alpha brainwaves, especially in the posterior portions of the cortex, thus producing a feeling of relaxation. Its umami taste is quite pleasant and actually improves the bitter taste of coffee and dark chocolate. Disadvantages? None that I can come up with after consuming it myself for plus four or five years and reading almost everything that's been said about it on the internet. Recommended dosage is 200 to 300 milligrams. 
Suggested use. Use it episodically about 25 to 30 minutes before a social anxiety stimulus. L-theanine and caffeine is regarded as a quintessential synergy and is a popular stack amongst biohackers. The L-theanine provides the inspiration and the caffeine provides the motivation. If you've got a big night ahead of you, a tall cup of coffee and a couple hundred milligrams of L-theanine may be just the cocktail to transform you into the nocturnal socialite that can bring the party, that can bring the fun into the wee hours of the night, as it has for me on numerous occasions. L-theanine is also a convenient option while socializing because you can order water at almost any bar or restaurant, carry a little packet of green tea with you, and just add it to the water. If I'm going to a house party, I will often just bring with me a one liter glass bottle full of green tea, which of course kind of makes me stand out a little bit, people will be like, hey man, we're all drinking vodka, whiskey, and beer. What what are you drinking there? And I'll I'll tell them something like, oh, this is this is Ukrainian unicorn blood. Or uh Colombian unicorn blood, d- depending upon which country I'm in. And then I proceed to try to convince them to join my biohacker cult, of course. My recommended sources of L-theanine are linked. What about alcohol? The original cure for social anxiety, booze. Well, of all the really big problems that alcohol has, the really insidious one is that if you always drink when you are doing something social, then you powerfully have your social personality associated to alcohol and you need to drink to get social. And there's a word for that, dependency. So some of you are thinking, wait a minute, if I start replacing alcohol with doing all these nootropics and smart drugs, aren't I just going to become dependent on the social smart drugs to get social then? No, not really. Alcohol is a really strong experiential anchor, whereas the nootropics are not. With alcohol, there's the strong taste and scent, the burn in your belly, the social experience of raising your glasses or taking shots with friends, along with the distinctive aesthetics of the bottles, cups, and drinks themselves. You also spend hours actually consuming the alcohol, whereas the nootropics are almost all nondescriptive powders or tasteless capsules. It will take you just a moment to consume them alone in private, and their effects are actually quite subtle compared to alcohol. Although, as I said before, the Phenibut does have a lot of the same advantages of alcohol with very little of the downsides. It is a stronger effect that I don't want you to be dependent upon, which is why in the protocol we cut it on week six. The racetams, crotum, 
and Phenibut do not go well with alcohol. Taking them within four hours of drinking can result in rapid intoxication and an epic hangover. The bottom line is that if you're really serious about overcoming social anxiety, go off booze for the 10 weeks of the protocol. You'll feel better, you'll look better, and your wallet will thank you. There's some biohacking tools that you're going to be using over the course of this protocol. They are downloadable, free, and really will help with overcoming your social anxiety. The first is an audio recording app. This might seem a little strange, but you are going to be recording yourself speaking in a variety of situations, like hanging out with friends or family, at work, and in a higher pressure social situation, if possible, like on a date. I like Midio Recorder for Android. You just pull your phone out, which is totally normal in social settings nowadays, tap the record widget, and nonchalantly leave your phone on the table. This requires just a little stealth. Make sure whoever you are with does not see that you are recording the conversation. Then listen back to your conversations while you are about ready to go to bed or whatever. And the purpose of this is to establish a baseline of your verbal ability. Coach.me is one of my top life hacks for being more disciplined. It's a app slash website that tracks and gamifies your positive habits so that you practice them a whole lot more consistently. It's free as well as ad-free and it takes just a few moments a day to check into your winning habits. And I'm going to describe now a couple of my favorite habits for leading a more fulfilling and disciplined social life. Plan social life. This is just 10 minutes that I spend every day in the middle of the day texting people and planning my social life. You'd, you'd be surprised how much of a difference it makes actually. Gut react. So the adaptogens are actually going to improve your intuition by hacking your hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. And this biohacking strategy in combination with applying what I call heuristic decision making as a productivity strategy is going to result in you developing a, a whole lot better intuition actually which is going to serve you in social life and myriad other domains of life. Please see my video on heuristics as a productivity strategy. No booze. It's important to keep track of how many days running since you've had a drink and no fap. For the gentlemen, get a new grip on life by keeping track of how much time you've been no fabbing. Make sure to set this habit to private though, of course, and check out my full review of Coach.me. It's one of the very few smartphone apps I use that consistently makes my life better, that actually makes me more productive and happy. Dual and back. Training with this software app upgrades the RAM of your conscious mind and seriously exercises your focus muscles. 
It's one of the few software training tasks that's actually been demonstrated to have transfer effects. It benefits you in real life outside of the game. According to research out of Harvard University, extroverts have better working memory skills than introverts. Working memory is exactly what the dual end back task exercises. 10 minutes of training will improve your IQ by 10 to 15 points after 30 to 60 days of training. Since dual end back requires such persistent focus, it actually trains you to silence negative self-talk so that persistent critical voice in your head that tells you negative things is actually becomes a whole lot quieter as a result of dual end back. You've heard of people talking about how meditation is so great for anxiety because it trains you to disassociate your identity with your anxious thoughts. And dual end back really has the same effect, but it's just much more strenuous exercise for your focus muscles, like I said. Attending public events. So as, transform as transformative as these biohacking tools, strategies, and drugs can be, it's really not gonna work to beat your social anxiety unless you combine them with some exposure therapy, getting out of your comfort zone. So you are going to start attending public events. And the purpose of this is to split test or A-B test how the different social smart drugs affect your neurobiology. Because until you gather about 50 statistical data points about how these different Smart drugs affect you in different ways, in different social environments, affect your mindset, your stress levels, your aggressiveness, your motivation, your uh, wakefulness, all these different factors. You're really not going to know which one is going to be a really effective long-term strategy for you. If you only go out to social events like once a week, then it's going to take you almost an entire year to gather those 50 statistical data points, right? But if you go out four to five times a week, it's only going to take you 10 weeks. And over that time, you will have, for practical purposes, have cured your social anxiety. So some of you may be thinking, I already get enough opportunities to practice my social skills within my, uh, my job environment, school, or within my current social group. Going to 50 public events in the next 10 weeks just kind of sounds like a waste of time to me. Well, I encourage you to do it anyways. First of all, in these public events, you're going to be able to take more social risks which is really key to internalizing confidence. And it's not really something that you can do within your current social group. If you take a bunch of social risks within your current social group, you may end up ostracizing yourself from that social group, right? Uh, secondly, you really do need to get out of your comfort zone 
And there's no way around it. I know we're looking for a way around it, and the best thing that I can offer you is the Fenibut. It really does help. Um, but you really do need to get out of your comfort zone, and that's a whole lot more likely to happen in public events around total strangers. Thirdly, to get the statistically significant number of data points going out, you're probably going to need to supplement your existing social life with the public events. Every week, search these websites and select a few events you might like to attend. Facebook events near you, couchsurfing.org events, meetup.com, and Eventbrite, among others. I have several criteria for selecting public events. Attendance. I look for an event with at least plus 30 people RSVP'd. Any less, and I'm taking a chance that there won't be enough social opportunity for me to really flex my social muscles. Inviting. I look for events that are going to be socially inclusive, where people are going to be open to making friends. So the vodka launch party at the swanky nightclub downtown, probably not what we're looking for. Proximity. I look for events that are close by where I live so I can't make the excuse the day of that I'm feeling tired or it's raining or it's cold outside and I don't want to travel all the way across town to attend. Interesting, something that actually piques my interest or connects to a passion of mine. Free or inexpensive, about half the time I stay at these public events for less than an hour. So I don't really want to pay more than a few bucks to attend. What's important is that you going to these events is not contingent upon anyone else. I actually encourage you to go solo, and if you can't go solo, don't go with more than one or maximum two other people, because you're going to be all the more likely to just socialize with those two other people. It's not going to really push you out of your comfort zone. And uh, require that you build these social skills, cold approaching people, making small talk with new people. You'll quickly find that public events have a little bit lower caliber of people at them. You're not going to be meeting like the really badass alpha male type dudes, the successful entrepreneurs, the super smart engineers, the like the B-list local celebrities, or the uh, really knockout gorgeous beautiful women at these kinds of events, you're going to be meeting the very average Joe and Jane. You're going to meet uh, backpacker travelers who are basically broke kids that are traveling through your city that want to get drunk on cheap beer. And this is okay, because these public events are going to be your social training ground where you're going to take some social risks and you're going to make your mistakes. But these people are kind of going to be dorks themselves and they're going to be a whole lot more forgiving of your social faux pas. And it's also likely that you're only going to meet them once. The the larger the public event you go to, the more RSVPs it has, the more likely you're going to meet the kind of people that you're really interested in like connecting with and networking with and forming longer term relationships with. 
The social anxiety protocol should take you about 10 weeks to complete if it takes a little bit longer or a little bit shorter. No big deal, but it's a good idea to kind of make that a little bit of a goal. Mark it in your calendar. And I'm going to recommend that you go to the post on LimitlessMindset.com and actually download the 10-week schedule in PDF form. I'll make it available in PDF form and print it out, post it up somewhere, put it in your Google Calendar, whatever is going to put it in a real visible place so that you are able to be reminded of it frequently and stay consistent. It's going to take anywhere from like five to ten days for the nootropics that we've talked about already to get shipped to you. So in the interim, start with the downloadable tools that we mentioned, which is coach.me, the recording of your conversations with the app, and dual and back. Week one, start with the Fenibute alone. I know there's a temptation to just take all of those shiny, new, attractive powders and, and put them in your body to see what happens. But start with the Fenibute alone. Limit the Fenibute usage to four to five times. Again, you don't want to go over that or else you're going to run into a tolerance curve and have fun. Week two, add the Paracetam and you're going to use the Paracetam five to six times a week. If you have some headaches that result from the paracetam, add some choline. Choline can either come from a supplemental source of choline or you can just eat a few more eggs. Week three, add the oxyracetam. Around now, you're probably hitting a little bit of a motivational dip. You've been going out a lot, getting outside of your comfort zone, and it's honestly pretty exhausting, and you may be a little bit disappointed to, with your results up to this point, and the oxyracetam is going to give you that extra degree of discipline and consistency to follow through with the biohacking activities and with the getting out of your comfort zone activities to get the results that you want. Also make sure that you stay consistent with the paracetam because the paracetam does have cumulative effects on the memory that really do start to kick in after about two weeks of dosing. Week four, you're going to add the L-theanine, which has a, a, a subtler effect compared to the other nootropics that you've been taking, although you may notice that it makes you a little bit more creative and witty. Week five, add the adaptogens, which you'll find somewhat stimulating, and I encourage you to keep the adaptogen dosages low because you're already consuming a stimulant in the paracetam, albeit very different types of stimulants. Week six, cut the fenibute and add the crotum. At this point, you should have established some uh, decent reference experiences of being social and having a good time, meeting new friends, you should have internalized a little bit more social confidence at this point, and we are going to therefore 
cut the social intoxicant from your stack, which is the fenibut. However, we're going to be kind of replacing it with the carotum, which has a somewhat similar tranquilizing effect. Week seven, cut the paracetam. So this week, we are going to remove the paracetam from the stack. This is not because you need to cycle paracetam or because of any, any tolerance issues, but what we want to do is kind of wean you off of the stimulants. We want to de-anchor your social mindset from kind of that that buzzed feeling that the paracetam likely gives you a little bit of. If you really like it, which you probably do, you can go back on it when you finish the protocol. Week eight, the crotum is slightly intoxicating and as you've discovered by now, has a steep tolerance curve. So we're gonna cut it. Week nine, cut the oxyracetam. Eight weeks of taking oxyracetam in combination with your regimen of brain training will have leveled up your focus and discipline at this point. So we are going to kick the oxyracetam, the discipline molecule from your stack at this point. And it's gonna be kind of an experience where you're gonna be a little bit feeling like you're on your own. This is kind of like when the mother bird kicks the baby birds out of the nest so, nest so that they learn how to fly. Actually, I'm not an expert on baby birds. I don't know if that's an accurate metaphor at all, but you get the point. Week 10, cut the adaptogens. The final week of the protocol, you're going to eliminate the stimulating adaptogens and you'll just be running on the very subtle tranquilizing agent of L-theanine. And at this point, once you've acquired the 50 or so uh, experiences going out while on the nootropics, you finished the protocol. I'm going to give you a little bit of a counterintuitive piece of advice. There's a inclination whenever you're taking on a new project like this, especially something that's personal development, that's kind of like a time-boxed, ongoing thing like this, there's an inclination to brag about it, uh, especially to like your friends, family, to people that really care about you, there's an inclination to tell them, hey, I'm doing this new personal development project and I'm, I'm on a mission to, uh, improve, to, to fix this social anxiety thing that I've struggled with for so long. And of course, they're gonna, they're gonna like validate that. They're gonna be like, that's, that's really cool, uh, good for you, I support you. But I encourage you actually not to do this. I encourage you to wait until you're at least six to seven weeks into this protocol to actually brag about it or talk to people about it or post on social media about it. And the reason behind this, there've actually been a couple, there've been three really good studies that have been done on this where they found that if people started getting social validation for their personal development goals and their personal development activities, 
early on in the process of accomplishing those goals, it actually demotivated them from accomplishing them. So that the uh, emotional social validation that we get from people for being on our pathway is so fulfilling that it actually kind of gets us off the track. So I encourage you to, for the first couple of weeks, for I would say the first five to six weeks, at least make this kind of a, a secret thing, actually, unless you have someone that is dealing with the same issue as you and you guys want to do this as a accountability thing, keep it kind of a secret from your regular social family work group. We do have a private invitation only biohacker community called the Secret Society. And how it works is I do a 25 minute uh, Skype phone consultation with you as you're starting the biohacking protocol for social anxiety. And this consultation kind of doubles as an entry interview for the secret society. If you order all of the nootropics and social smart drugs mentioned through the links on limitlessmindset.com, you will uh, qualify for membership in the secret society. Again, pending the entry interview, because there are some really uh, high-level entrepreneurs and peak performers in there, some, some people that are in there that aren't the kind of people that you would normally find on like a public internet messaging board. It's uh, my responsibility to personally vet everyone uh, so that we're making sure that we have kind of a curated membership and community there along with that we're maintaining like a real high level of um, respectful discussion. So I encourage you, I hope you do join the Secret Society. Forward me your receipts of the nootropics that you purchase, again, via the links on LimitlessMindset.com. Send them to consultations at LimitlessMindset.com. Of course, uh, your participation in the Secret Society is totally non-obligatory. You may just want to work on your social anxiety. However, I mention it though because I anticipate that there's going to be a handful or at least of people in the Secret Society going through the social anxiety protocol along with people that have probably overcame some of the same things you are probably struggling with and I think that you may find a whole lot of value in being able to connect with them. When you order the social smart drugs, paracetam, oxyracetam, aniracetam, phenibute, L-theanine, kratom, schisandra, rhodiola, and eleuthero, make sure that you forward your receipts to consultations at LimitlessMindset.com so that me and you can schedule that Skype consultation. All of those together are going to add up to being about $250 for a six to 10 month supply. And that is depending on your personal stimulatory set point, the dosage that you are using, and how often you need to use them, how often you are going out. 
Not exactly cheap, right? Well, you've probably already tried to apply other methods and solutions for beating social anxiety. And if you watched this video to this point, if you've gone down this biohacking rabbit hole to try to figure this thing out, you're probably sick and tired of beating your head against the wall trying the, uh, the fluffy, feel-good, mainstream personal development self-help solutions to social anxiety. This is an all-in, burn-the-boats, multi-pronged approach. It's also fundamentally different than the mainstream self-help solutions in that its success does not depend entirely upon your willpower upon you having the iron will to get and stay out of your comfort zone for weeks or months. The social anxiety protocol is about hacking your motivation on a biological and pharmacological level. This approach assumes that you do not have the willpower to overcome your social anxiety, or else you already would have and you would be out there making friends, partying, having fulfilling relationships with people that you found attractive. You would be out there uh, really enjoying life as opposed to watching this video of a cross-eyed drug guru guy on the internet, right? Finally, by investing the 200 odd dollars in this, you are communicating in a profound way with your subconscious that this is something that you are committed to following through on and seeing results from. A bit of a rant on taking responsibility. I mentioned that my friend told me that I should make a product out of this, include all the supplements that I've talked about, include a membership in a accountability community, and charge $79 or $89 a month for it, and market it to pickup artists. And I decided against this for one really important reason, which is that it wouldn't be asking people to take responsibility for their own lives. I suspect this kind of product would attract a lot of people looking for a true magic pill type cure for social anxiety. It would attract people that would take these supplements for a couple of months because that's pretty much effortless to do, but they wouldn't really do the exposure therapy exercises, they wouldn't really go to public events, they wouldn't really take the social risks, and as a result, they wouldn't really improve their social anxiety very much. And by me open sourcing this and just putting it out there for free for the world to use, change, hack, whatever they want to do, it's, it's on you. It's, it's your decision. You can, you can order the nootropics that I've talked about. You can follow the protocol to habituate getting out of your comfort zone. You can use all those different tools to, uh, to build your focus and discipline muscles or not. It's your life and it's up to you.
This video is getting a little bit long and there are some other things that I do need to address in regards to biohacking social anxiety. So I'm going to be releasing some addendum videos to this. Right now you may be experiencing some cognitive dissonance. You may be like, Jonathan, there's this one thing that you, that you didn't explain at all. Stay tuned and hopefully the addendum videos that I am releasing will assuage this. If you have not already, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. Now I am Jonathan Roseland and I look forward to a continued conversation with you. This video series is going to present some cutting edge biohacking techniques and techniques.